traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. As usual, I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association. My role there is communications manager. I'm happy to introduce my guest today, State Representative Jonathan Singer for District 11 here in the state of Colorado, and he's based in the city of Boulder. He's been serving in that position since 2012. In that role, he also serves as the chair of the Public Health Care and Human Services Committee and has a background in social work, including work as a peer educator at the Boulder County Safe House, a counseling and advocacy organization for abused and neglected children. He's also been a champion of cannabis reform here in the state of Colorado, which NCIA and the industry certainly appreciates. Welcome to the show today, Jonathan. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, for those who don't know you very well, or maybe they live in another state, let's let's start by getting to know you and, and your background in addition to what I shared in the introduction and, and what led you to get involved in the state politics side of things. You know, it's hard to sum up 20 years of my life, but I, I always tell people it begins and ends with me being a social worker. Uh, I've spent my whole life, whether it was working at the Boulder County Safe House as a peer educator or working um, with our abused and neglected kids, or even setting up a uh, drug court on a college campus, actually the first of its kind in the country, to make sure that we treated youth um, who have medical needs um, outside of the criminal justice system. 
-hmm. All of those things um, really led up to me running for office because I I really got frustrated by the fact that the rules of the game are, are so often written by the people least affected by those rules. And I wanted to lift up those voices and bring those uh, those folks to the table that have never had a seat so we could actually flip the script for our mental health system, our medical system. Um, and, and ultimately, as it turns out, uh, had a huge role in drug policy reform, which really feeds into everything else that I do. That's great. I think public service is is such an important role in our society for those who choose to take up that torch and and also mental health. I, I over the years, am increasingly happy and grateful that mental health is becoming more of an important topic in our society rather than something, uh, you know, swept under the rug or something to be ashamed of or stigmatized. Just seeing how mental health has become a part of our the rest of our health uh, in a more normal way has been so encouraging. So um, thanks for contributing to that over the years, for sure. Well, the head is attached to the body. So we want to make sure that, that we're taking care of the whole person, not not just everything from the neck down. Yeah, yeah. I got to take care of your head, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so that, that leads me to uh, the cannabis industry, which many people use cannabis for uh, a myriad of reasons, including their mental health. Uh, so I wonder your reason, you know, what made you realize cannabis, the, the industry and the movement would be important to you and, and becoming what we call a champion for cannabis. How did all that happen? Uh, probably by accident, um, but but it, but 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 it was a happy accident. We'll just put it that way. Um, no, I mean I, I think ever since I, I began and embarked on my career as a social worker, I, I've told people that um, we need to treat cannabis like the drug it is, and not the drug that so many people make it out to be. Um, we know um, that alcohol is far more dangerous and fatal than than marijuana. And at the same time, we, we treat it similar to meth or cocaine. And, and that is this huge disservice to people who um, are medical marijuana patients all the way to our adolescents who are questioning these things. And when they try cannabis for the first time after being told it's as bad as cocaine or, or heroin, and they don't have those negative effects or the same negative effects, they think, well, what else has society lied to me about? And that's mm-hmm. when people get it. That's when people get into harder drugs. And, and so I, I didn't really realize I was going to be a champion on this issue, though, um, until my first year at the Capitol. Um, the long sh- story short is we had a marijuana DUI bill that was up on uh, on the House floor. It was my first year at the Capitol. And, and I, I walked down to uh, the microphone to talk about why I think we should have a DUI limit. You know, was, at the time, we had had no limits. And this was really, it was much more of a conservative Republican bill than it was a progressive Democrat bill. Um, but, you know, I, I broke with party ranks and said, let's let's at least start the conversation, guys. And so the proponents of the bill were super excited. After the debate, they came up to me and they're like, nice job, Jonathan. Why don't you come out with us? We're going to have a celebratory drink. And I'm like, did we just talk about a DUI bill, guys? Like, uh, you know what? I really want to go sit down and I want to talk to the opponents of this bill and hear what they have to say. And I, I want to be accountable to them. The opponents of this bill happen to be sitting at another bar, ironically called Prohibition. And I know that bar. <laughs> 
right? And you can't script this stuff, right? You, and so we're sitting at <laughs> we're sitting at Prohibition, and um, and I am sitting across the table, and I say, you know, look, you know, uh, Josh, this is ridiculous that that marijuana is still federally illegal. We should legalize it um, statewide, nationwide, you know, tomorrow. And he goes, well, actually, we're working on a constitutional amendment in Colorado to do just that. Would you support it? You know, so, you know, being the politician that I was, I said, well, send me an email. I'll look at it and I'll, I'll write you back. So he sent me an email. And about a week later, I wrote back and said, yeah, I'm, I'm count me in. I'm, I'm going to support you. What I didn't know is I was the, excellent. I was the only one of only two lawmakers out of 100 in the state of Colorado that supported legalizing recreational marijuana. Um, the other one was a Tea Party conservative uh, who was term limited. And now we're friends on Facebook, which is great. Uh, but, you know, um, I kind of fell into this. And so when it when the um, legalization passed, overwhelmingly getting more votes than Barack Obama in the state of Colorado, <laughs> I tell I like to remind people of that. Um, oh, there were Mitt Romney voters. There were also yes on, on cannabis legalization. And um, I came back to the Capitol. It's my first full session there. And my the House Speaker comes to me and he's like, Jonathan, you wanted this legalized. Go make it work. You're the only one in this building with any kind of political capital to spend because the rest of us either were quiet on the issue or we opposed it. Mm. And so we, we want you at front and center to get this going. And so uh, I like to give a lot of credit to a lot of people, including the Speaker of the House, who said, you know what, I'm going to trust this, this lawmaker who's just begun his you know, second year at the Capitol to uh, take this really lead role in setting up the first sort of legal recreational cannabis regime in the country. And, and so it's kind of a long story, but you, sometimes your moments, you know, you, you pick them. And other times your moments choose you. I'd like to say this is more one of those times when the moment picked me and I was just lucky enough to be the right place at the right time. I can absolutely relate to that with my activism over the years as well. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, so in our last couple minutes here before commercial break, uh, here you are now. Uh, you you serve the state of Colorado in Boulder. What's your day to day like? What are what what are you up to this year? Well, you know, obviously, I think the biggest challenge we're facing right now is what everyone is facing. We uh, in Colorado. Um, can't raise taxes without a vote of the people and we have to balance the budget and we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. And so my days are, are starting even earlier. I'm just not I'm saving on gas by not driving to the Capitol because we're all working from home right now. And the focus right now on day to day is answering constituent issues, whether it's jobs or housing or you name it. And at the same time, trying to put forward um, good policies, because in the middle of a crisis, I tell people we can't abandon the values that brought us into our political system. We've actually got to start embracing them. And so for me, that means working on uh, eviction and foreclosure moratoriums. And it means making sure that cannabis patients can still get access to their medical marijuana, even at a time of social distancing. So kids with cancer or people with seizures um, aren't put out in the cold. 100%. Yeah, this coronavirus pandemic has certainly thrown us all for a loop, to say the least. Uh, but seeing cannabis be declared essential, uh, although there was a three-hour threat where it wasn't there <laughs> before they backtracked in this state, uh, has been fantastic. People need access to medicine. People need access to something. So yeah, those things are important. And wow, I just wonder how long we're going to be managing this 
COVID-19 crisis on top of trying to get on with our lives, right? Well, uh, you know, one silver lining we saw Congress, at least the U.S. House of Representatives, pass uh, a HEROES Act bill that included provisions for cannabis banking. Um, yep. And so we're, we're taking something out of the black market, putting money into, into a system that needs to be regulated, and at the same time, helping people in the middle of a pandemic. And, and that's what I mean when we say we can't ignore our values, especially in a time of crisis. 100%. Okay, let's take that first commercial break. Uh, we'll be right back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association. We're talking with Representative Jonathan Singer here in Colorado, uh, talking about his work being a champion for cannabis, among other things, here in the state of Colorado. So I'd like to start by diving into the evolution of the cannabis industry and movement in Colorado, uh, which this state had a really strong medical program before legalizing for adults that rolled out in 2014. 
I wonder, you were telling a little bit before, but were you immediately a supporter of cannabis or did you have to come around on this issue? I mean, especially considering drug addiction issues and so on and so forth. What, what are your thoughts there? You know, this is a really interesting thing. I, I have to say, I never thought of myself as a drug policy reform champion. That's not why I got into social work. Um, I really went into it because I, I was returning a favor for the people who had helped me and helped me, you know, progress in middle school and in high school and through college. And um, it was always something in the back of my mind that I thought it was ridiculous that we were sticking people in jail and wasting lives and taxpayer dollars, but it's never something where I said, okay, this is why I'm going to run for office. This is what I'm going to do once I get elected. I, I mean, before cannabis uh, legalization was even on the ballot in 2012, I or even serving for uh, almost a year, and it never came up as an issue. It just it was maybe, maybe in the context of some criminal sentencing reform, but I was very much on the periphery of things. And, and so, you know, Sometimes you know you just have a a good-natured response to um, a, you know a good-natured question, which was, "Do you support legalization?" And what I didn't realize is that none of my colleagues um, were ready to say that publicly, um, and mm -hmm. some of them were opposed to it still. So it, it's very different. Um, I, I think the biggest thing with me, though, is is really making sure that we talk about it in context. That you know, a I do believe it's safer than alcohol. But B, it's still a drug. And if you're under 21 and your brain is still developing, talk to a doctor, talk to your parents. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this, this, you know, legalization is not an excuse to use anytime, anywhere. And right. I, I mean, I'll just say this because it's, it's the anniversary of, of one of my uh, friend's daughter's uh, deaths, actually, mm -hmm. yesterday. Um, there was a driver who was intoxicated with both marijuana and alcohol. Uh, his, his daughter's last day of school, actually. And uh, he took a right turn right in the middle of a crosswalk, uh, killed her. And he was, because he was under the legal limit for both of those substances, uh, he was basically given 90 days in jail for what I would call murder. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so I, I think we need to be able to talk about it in, in those contexts. It doesn't mean we make it illegal, but what, what it means is we create laws to stop those bad actors and um, tell those folks that this is not a license to use anytime, anywhere for any reason. And, and what I've been grateful for is at the Capitol is we have people on both sides of this issue that are willing to work on some reasonable reforms in that way that don't put medical patients at risk, but still make sure that, you know, more eight-year-olds riding their bike home on their last day of school don't get, um, don't, don't have to pay the price. Oh yeah, that's, that's a terrible story. I'm very sorry to hear that. And, and, Obviously, education and, and reasonable laws around these regulations is, is needed, of course. Um, but cannabis is a bipartisan issue. Um, as you mentioned, there's both sides of the aisle um, have you know, concerns and support. And as we look back on these last few years, as I mentioned, Colorado was one of the first two states to legalize cannabis. I wonder, as, as you've watched over the years, how, how would you rate grade uh, how the state did with implementing cannabis and um, where we succeeded, where we might have fallen short even, um, and then what the issues are next on our plate for our industry, because it's never stopping. There's no plateau here at all. So what's next? 
Uh, it's an excellent question. You know, I think that there, there are a lot of stones that we still need to turn over at this point. And when we started, we were cutting from whole cloth and we had a federal government that wasn't willing to just say, hey, Colorado, we trust you move ahead and, and go for it. Uh, they really put in some very ambiguous um, regulations from their own Department of Justice, even, even during the Obama administration. And, and that cloud that hung over our head really uh, you know, informed and limited uh, some of the things that I would have liked to have seen. You know, the biggest, biggest thing we already talked about this a little bit is access to, to banking. The other issue is, is the very people who were the victims of the drug war, um, primarily um, minorities, people of color, have not been able to gain access into this industry. And we should have pushed from the very beginning to make sure that there was equity in making sure that that people could get a slice of of this pot pie, um, you know, <laughs> it's uh, the the other thing. The other highlight is definitely the marijuana puns have been great, but um, I, I think that's that's something that we need to keep a close eye on. And I tell other states that are getting on board, don't just you know have a giveaway to the existing industry. Make sure you bring other people in. Uh, at the same time, we have people with. Uh, cannabis crimes that are still on the books, even though it's now legal and constitutional in Colorado. We so should be, unfair. <laughs> we should be expunging those records like yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, take a look at that. Illinois did a great job with wiping the slate clean and letting people start with a clean slate there. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's, there's still a lot of work to be done, but I think Colorado gets a solid B+. Uh, we've been um, directing the marijuana uh, revenue in terms of taxes towards mental health and schools mm -hmm. uh, and not using it to, you know, for anyone individual slush fund. And, and at the same time, um, we are yanking people out of the black market and giving them legitimacy and uh, giving people opportunities to go forward. Number one thing I would say more than anything else for a state that's actually looking at legalizing today, start your data collection now. Um, start your baseline data collection, DUIs, crimes, whatever it is, um, because then you're going to be able to have a comparison and see whether or not things have gotten better, worse, or stayed the same. And, you know, we didn't have the luxury of that in Colorado. The voters um, took, took this uh, straight to the ballot because the lawmakers wouldn't step up. So start collecting the data that you want to know now so you've got your baseline. Great advice. Great advice. Um, so as far as where we're all, so as far as where we're at right now, uh, navigating this coronavirus pandemic, which is giving us uh, additional layers of problems, uh, it, it seems like a lot of things are completely out of our control, but there are a few things we can control. Um, and as we mentioned, earlier, uh, Governor Polis declared cannabis an essential business across the state. Uh, but in your role as a state representative, you see how things work in ways that the average citizen doesn't. I wonder what your thoughts are around the state declaring cannabis essential and, and everything surrounding that. Well, first of all, I think it was absolutely the right call. Um, I think that, you know, when we, when, when we discuss these um, issues and you see in Colorado when, when they originally it looked like both um, alcohol and marijuana were going to sort of be off limits, um, you saw this immediate rush to every dispensary and every liquor store. And uh, all the social distancing requirements were sort of you know, cast to the wind 
And you actually created more of a public health issue by banning these substances than you would have by allowing it to continue to move forward in a way that's safe. I think the next step forward, and I don't think we'll be able to tackle this this year, but but individual cities certainly can, is I wrote a bill that allows for the delivery of cannabis, just like we allow for the delivery of groceries, prescription drugs, opiates, or alcohol. And and right now, um, when people should be, are still safer at home, um, it is great to know that cities now have this law on their books that they are able to allow this to, to take place in their own jurisdictions. We're a local control state here in Colorado, so this is tough. Um, but it is essential. Um, marijuana or cannabis is medicine uh, for a lot of people. And, and being able to actually have a robust delivery regime, at, at the very least for medical marijuana right now, could actually keep people off the road, um, decrease the potential number of DUIs, and at the same time, keep people safer at home, which is the whole thing that we've been arguing for in the first place. So I think there's a real upside for this. Yeah, yeah, we we feel the same. We even have a social media hashtag campaign. If anyone wants to see what's trending, cannabis is essential. Hashtag cannabis is essential. Check out all the cool content that's rolling through there. Uh, yeah, thank you for, for that as well. Let's take one more commercial break and then we'll be right back to wrap up our chat with Representative Singer from Colorado. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis. Consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really One Toke Over the Line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. 
All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. And now that we're back from the last commercial break, let's break some news. Uh, So Colorado representatives have term limits, and apparently your eight years serving Colorado is wrapping up. So what is next for you? That well, thankfully, it's not breaking news for me because that would be a little unsettling. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, it's interesting. I I was very lucky to have had eight years after. You know, honestly, if someone had told me eight and a half years ago when I first started serving that you know, Jonathan, um, I know you work for Child Protective Services right now. In um, in six months, uh, you're going to be serving the state house, and by the end of the first year, in a conservative tax state. Uh, you're going to actually pass a statewide tax increase, and it's going to be on legalized cannabis. Uh, <laughs> I might have I might have asked somebody what they were smoking at that point in time. <laughs> and um, if you don't think I've recycled that joke a million times, you're wrong. Um, so, but uh, you know, so I feel very lucky and privileged to have been able to do this work for the last eight years. What I'd like to do is continue my work, um, and so I'm running for Boulder County Commissioner. And for those of you who don't know, these are some of the most important and powerful positions that you've probably never heard of. Whether it's uh, some, whether you care about land use because you, you'd like to see the expansion of safer, greener practices for growing all kinds of crops, not just uh, cannabis and hemp, uh, but all crops, or whether you're, you're fighting um, fossil fuel production, or whether or not you want to see change in your criminal justice system. It's our county that run the jails and the human services and the mental health programs that most other states have run. We're a local control state. And so this is an opportunity that we have to really put our best foot forward on the environment, on social justice, on economic justice, um, and on mental health reform in a way that will actually help keep people out of jail and and make a stronger society. And so I'm, I'm really excited um, to be able to try this at the local level and maybe let Boulder County be a beacon for the rest of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's it, I'm really going to miss the time I've spent at the Capitol. We've, we've made waves that the rest of the world um, has taken notice of, and, and I mm-hmm. hope that the rest, rest of the country and the rest of the world looks at the reforms that we've achieved in Colorado, uh, whether it's on cannabis or criminal justice reform, and go, we, we're going to do that too. And, and if that happens... Um, regardless of the out- outcome of this election, um, I-, I can walk away knowing that we've we've made a huge difference. Um, we've got a long way to go, though, and and the only thing that we can't do is is stop now and rest on our laurels. One hundred percent, great job uh, hiring the bar uh, instead of lowering <laughs> it here. That's great, um, and. It's also important um, for cannabis business operators and anyone who cares about anything to know that they can interact with their state and federal legislators. And you've made yourself available to NCIA members over the years in Colorado. Uh, I just wonder if you could reiterate the importance of having that line of communication between citizen and legislator. Absolutely. Well, and, and let's take it beyond even just citizen, but residents. Um, just I don't care whether you come from this country or another country, you're as valuable of a voice as anything else. Um, and so, um, you know, I've got to say NCIA, and this is going to sound like an infomercial now, but has been wonderful to work with. Uh, the events that I get to go to with you guys, um, I meet people from all walks of life. And when I say that, I mean, you know, I, I met a um, an Orthodox, I'm, I'm Jewish. I met an Orthodox Jew 
uh, from New York, who is the biggest Trump supporter ever and is also into cannabis drug policy reform. And we talk now on Instagram uh, and, and have these conversations about how we can actually work on at least the things we agree on. And uh, it is such a warm and welcoming environment for everybody. Uh, that I, I feel like I can, you know, if I can have a conversation with that person, imagine the kinds of conversations we can have with other folks. Uh, you know, I put my cell phone number up on my website. I want to be accessible. That's what representative democracy is about. Uh, but the NCIA events uh, and, and just networking elements of it have been just, just welcoming, fun, uh, you know, low stress and, and just high, you know, well, I was going to say high fun, but that's that's a loaded word here now. So, <laughs> but but no, and, and high impact, and and so I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to work with you guys, and I, I hope that I can continue to work with NCIA um, at the local level, where where our local governments really do have a say in things like delivery and land use and, and all of those things, because um, this this journey's not over yet, and we need to we need to perfect our tune. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Yeah, we've been happy to have you in the circle for sure. It's great to have relationships with members of Congress at the federal level as as well as all the way down to the boots on the ground at the hyper-local level as well. Our events are amazing. Uh, We have postponed them due to the coronavirus pandemic. We're hoping to see our schedule Whatever that looks like, it might be hybrid, we're not sure, Uh, but we're hoping to be back in D.C. for our 10th annual Lobby Days in September 15th, 16th, and 17th, Uh, and our Cannabis Business Summit and Expo has also been postponed for September 29th, 30th, and October 1st, and that will still take place at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. Also, there's a lot of COVID-19 helpful resources on NCIA's website. If anyone would like to check those out, just tons of resources on NCIA's website to begin with. The website's www.thecannabisindustry.org. Jonathan, thanks again for taking some time to join me today. And I guess we'll be seeing you on the ballot for Boulder County Commissioner. Is that right? Well, primary is June 30th, and the election is in November when we're also voting for that guy at the top of the ballot as well. And so um, looking forward to see looking forward to see <laughs> I didn't say which one yet, but uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, thank you again for the opportunity and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys um, you know in person virtually and hopefully on the ballot as well. Yep, absolutely. Thanks again. And thanks everyone for tuning into another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.